All right, good morning. Welcome to Diverse City Church. Welcome partners and guests. I am Pastor Virginia and we are celebrating the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. Welcome to our Facebook Live broadcast. If it is your first time coming to worship with us, welcome to the Diverse City Experience. We believe we are the perfect church for the imperfect person. So pull up a chair, get comfortable as we prepare for the Holy Spirit to usher in his presence. What do you want to thank the Lord for? What, what has the Lord been speaking to you during this fast? We've been giving up foods, giving up certain social media outlets. We've been giving up different things, all with the intention of just getting closer to the Lord. What has he been speaking to you? As we began to worship, I want you to extend your hands. I want you to put the name of Jesus on your lips and just begin to worship him and thank him for the awesome God that he is. As we go into this service, Father, I pray that you would begin to minister to your people, Lord, before the word is even spoken. I pray, Lord, that you would begin to change the atmosphere of the, of the room that every person is in, Lord. Though we cannot be at 3201 Itasca, Lord God, you are still God nonetheless. Lord God, I pray you would reach every single one of my brothers and sisters, Lord God, that you would begin to prepare their hearts to receive the word that Pastor James has been working on. Lord, you receive all the glory and all the honor. Come on, diversity. Begin to worship him. Lift him up. You set the tone for this service. Lord, we worship you. There is no one like you. You are worthy of all the honor and the praise, God. We thank you as the praise team comes, Lord. Before Pastor Aldine comes, before Pastor Drew comes, we choose right now to bless your name before another word goes forward. Lord God, be in our presence and be pleased with us. It's in Jesus' mighty name. We believe for these things and the church say, amen. Amen and amen. Come on, diversity. Stand to your feet if you're not already and get ready to welcome the praise and worship team. God bless. Good morning, good morning, PCC family. Look, I just want to remind you that if God has ever spoken anything to you, that it will come to pass. He is a man of his word. If he said it, you can believe it. His word and his promises are yes and amen. He is not forgotten about you. So I just want you to be encouraged this morning. Hallelujah. Yeah. All things are possible. When we believe, no chains are breakable. When we receive Yahweh, you keep your promises. If you said it, yeah, we believe it. Hey, if you said it, if you said it, we believe it. Come on, y'all. You said it, we believe it. You'll remain it. You're a man. You're a
Jesus. Hallelujah. Welcome to Diversity Church, the perfect church for imperfect people. I'd like to welcome our diversity partners, first-time guests, and those joining us online. We are so honored that you picked us for your worship experience this morning. Well, don't forget to like, share, and ask questions. Well, at Diversity, we believe that no matter your background, color of your skin, what you have been through in the past, or even your current location, whether you're watching me from the comfort of your own home, on your couch, in your car, on your phone, it doesn't matter because we've all gathered together to give God the glory, honor, and the praise for he deserves it. Amen. Amen. At this time, I'd like to make you aware of some very important announcements. We're going to start off by saying happy birthday to all of our January birthdays. Come on, join with me as we sing happy birthday to them. Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to everybody that's celebrating your birthday in January, in the month of January. We are so honored and we honor you today. We pray that God will bless you this year as you celebrate you. May his purpose be fulfilled in your life this year. May his blessings rain upon you. And may he just open up the windows of heaven over your life. From myself, from Pastor James, from Diver City, happy birthday. We love you. Well, today is the last day of the fast. You made it. I am so excited. I am so glad and overjoyed to see what God is doing and going to do in your life because of the sacrifice that you have made during this fast. Diversity, we love you. We're so honored to stand with you. This week, we're going to start off with our kids ministry meeting this Tuesday at 7 p.m. So I am calling all of my kids to be ready on Zoom with your sleep buddy, with the toy for show and tell, ready to just connect with other kids. So let me see you there Tuesday, 7 p.m. Then Wednesday, I'm calling all of my salt ministry to meet me 2.15 and the meet me and the seniors 2.15 for your prayer call. This is via Zoom. You're just going to have a wonderful time just diving and jumping into prayer, just sitting at the feet of Jesus. So we want to see all of our seniors join us 2.15 this Wednesday. Then at 7 p.m., I want to see AYF. That is our youth ministry getting together, connecting, and ready to go to Bible study. So AYM, your meeting is this Wednesday, 7 p.m. Then I'm calling all of my singles. You have Bible study this Wednesday as well at 7 p.m. It's time to study the word, learn about what God is saying for you for 2021. So let me see you online this Wednesday via Zoom, 7 p.m. I am calling all of my prayer warriors. If you are ready to just sit at the feet of Jesus, if you are ready to be sensitive to hear what he is saying to you. So I am calling you to join us for prayer this Thursday, 7 p.m. The prayer team is ready to stand in the gap for you. So I want to see you Thursday night, 7 p.m. You can join us via Zoom or Facebook Live. Can't wait to just go into the presence of the Lord together. 
then this Saturday, I want to see you online for a DCC Impact. This Saturday, DCC Impact is going to meet from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. This group is, this time is just a wonderful time to study, to know, and to just talk about all of the current events that are happening in our nation, in our city, and how we can make a difference. How us as Diverse City can make an impact, can make a lasting impression on our city, on our kids, and on our families. So I want to meet you this Saturday for DCC Impact. Then we're going to be right back here on Sunday morning for our virtual service. 10.30 a.m. Get ready to just get into the presence of God. Get ready to give. Ask God to tell you, to show you what he wants you to give, what he wants you to do. But get your hearts ready. Get your hearts ready for a hunger after him like never before. Hey, you made it. You made it. Thanks for tuning in. If you're here with me today, you made it just through the week you've, you've been through 2020 and the beginning of 2021 and the past is over i don't know about you but i'm not excited about that just the fast is over but i'm excited about like what god spoke to me personally through the fast you know and what's about to blossom because of my dedication because of my devotion to his word and hearing his voice and i'm just excited today because i want to know what god has done for you and I want to see God pour out blessings upon your life. Because it's not about what I can keep inside, what I store inside. I'm reminded of, uh, of Gideon, the story about Gideon in the Bible. And I know God probably spoke a word to you uh, through the fast. He probably told you to do something. And some of you are like, ah, yeah, you know, that may be nice, but God, I just need confirmation. I'm telling you today that it's okay to challenge and, and ask God for confirmation. It is okay. The word spoken to you, you may be a little leery. You may be like, I don't know. I don't know if I need to step out on, on that amount of faith. I don't have that amount of faith. God, please show me like where to go and what to do and if this is real. And I'm telling you that it is real. Gideon challenged what God had told him to do, not once, but twice. Okay? And then when God, God delivered on his promises, he asked and he received. So if you're in that position today, right now, during tithes and offering where we're preparing our hearts and minds to give. Be like Gideon. If God gave you a word and he gave you something, whether it's a, a word, a declaration, or something that you know you're supposed to be doing, being more involved in your community, your church, your home, being a better mother, father, sister, brother, whatever it is, uh, challenge God and say, God, I hear you. I heard you. But I need to, I need, I need to be reassured of it. And pray for that confidence and know that God will meet you right where you're at. It might mean that you need to give more. It might be that you might need to be more benevolent, give up of yourself, your time, whatever it is. But whatever it is, know that God has you. Whatever it is, trust that word. Trust that word that God gave it to you personally and he will come through, saints. He will come through, saints. Come on. Hope that you join me. Hope that you stay encouraged through this and know that it's through your time and devotion to him that dedicated time and you follow through with it that God is going to be fruitful in your life remember that you can text the word diverse to 73256 you can go to diversecity.church or you can go and go ahead and mail it to 3201 Itasca Street and we will get it that way 
Would you join me in prayer today? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for everything that you've done, everything that you've been. Lord God, we thank you, Lord, for everything that you're going to do. Father, if you don't advance us anymore, Father, and we're here for a moment, Father, you've done enough. And we thank you, God. I thank you, Lord God, for everyone who has had the opportunity to participate through the fast. I pray, Lord God, that they've gotten something out of it. And I pray, Lord God, that it, they, they are blessed magnificently because of their time and dedication that they devoted to. Lord, we love you and we give you praise. And as we jump back into praise and worship, please enjoy the rest of the service. We say amen, amen. We love you. God bless you. Come on, clap your hands. Just want to remind you that God is fighting for you. God is on your side. Good morning, Diverse City. We come to bless the Lord. We have the victory. Come on, say, oh. Lighting up the kingdom that cannot be 
again in the name of Jesus the enemy's defeated and we will shout it out shout it out God is fighting for us pushing back the darkness lining up the kingdom that cannot be shaken in the name of Jesus enemies defeated we will shout it out
of a sudden, I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory. I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me.
Diverse City. It is January 24th, and you know what that means. It is the last day of the corporate Daniel fast. Woo, woo, woo. Listen, I am so proud of you. Um, there's many uh, members of our church that this is the first time in their entire life that they have went 20 days without meat. There are several people that this is their first time in the lot to go 20 consecutive days without caffeine and sugar. And because of that, I believe God honors our sacrifice. And then for those that this is your normal practice and custom, it still doesn't matter. It takes discipline. It takes sacrifice to be able to complete this mission. So as a church and as a body, we have done this by giving God our first to receive his best. Matter of fact, in the comments right now, let us know. Let's give a congratulations to everybody that has completed this fast. We are on the last day. I am looking at the shot clock right now, and I see in 2021, you are going to win. The devil is defeated. You have become, you are now an overcomer. As the Bible talks about having done all that stand, that we can stand there for in his promise and in his purpose. Amen. So during this week, um, we are going to conclude our series on spiritual discipline. Now today, I want to just have a conversation from the church to your home, from the church into your car, from the church to whatever environment you are in right now, for us to be able to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart. Matter of fact, I will go on and say that this is probably the most important message that I've ever preached in my entire life. 
See, before we even get started, I want to just give a teaser. Um, as we've been working our way through this spiritual discipline series, it's us together, us collectively making a commitment to get into spiritual shape, to get into spiritual alignment for him. Because our spiritual discipline is a way to demonstrate to God, a way to demonstrate to other people that we are serious about our relationship with him. Again, for those that if you miss part one through three, when we talk about spiritual discipline, there are two types of disciplines that we are engaging in as a body. First part is discipline of abstinence. Our first Sunday of the year, we discussed fasting about pushing away the plate, afflicting our soul to get closer to him. Then we talked about spiritual, uh, spiritual uh, discipline of engagement, where it takes a lifestyle and a heart of prayer and a lifestyle of worship. So at this time, let's go ahead and go to our theme scripture for this entire series. Go ahead and locate with me 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and verse 8. Again, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. And we're going to read this from the Good News Translation. Go ahead and put this on the screen. The Bible says, <clears throat> But keep away from those godless legends which are not worth telling. Keep yourself in training for a godly life. Physical exercise has some value, but spiritual exercise is valuable in every way because, of, because it promises life both for the present and for the future. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the opportunity today to be able to minister to your people. Lord, I thank you that you honor the sacrifices of those that have been willing to push away the plate, for those that have been willing to push away entertainment, for those that were willing to make a sacrifice to get closer to you. Lord, I pray that you just honor our steps, that you honor our obedience as we go forward. While we've been able to survive and others have been able to thrive all in the middle of 2020, that in the middle of this year, 2021, that we can be greater, that we can expect more as we honor you, as we live a life to bring you glory and praise. So Lord, I pray that you just bless this message as we wrap up our series on spiritual discipline. Lord, I pray that this series become an anchor in our spirit to guide us, to keep us in alignment with you, with our fasting, with our praying, with our worship to you, through our studying, through our reading, through our meditation, and through our service. So Lord, we just thank you right now for those that are listening, that they'll be edified, that they'll be encouraged and empowered to live a life that is pleasing to you. We thank you that it shall be done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, so here we are. Spiritual discipline, part number four. Now, spiritual discipline the one I want to talk about today, when we look at our world, 
the events that have taken place over the last 18 months. One of the things that I have noticed that I have been convicted of as a Christian definitely living in America is that we are addicted to attention. Attention from our phone, attention from the computer, attention from the Apple Watch, attention from other people. And it's not just our own personal lust and desires, but the entire world has built a machine, has created a culture that is striving to get our attention, that's striving to keep us distracted, that is striving to take away our focus from God and put our focus on man. Go with me. Now, if you go turn on ESPN, not right now, pay attention to the sermon, but turn on the sports channel, what will you see? You got a game going on, but then you got a commentator over here talking, attention number two. Then at the bottom, you got tickers that are going, that are showing you different scores of games. And then you have another ticker that's coming across that's talking about breaking news. This person signed here. This coach has been hired there. And then on the right side of the panel, you have other highlights. And even for me watching things like Red Zone, you got other games that are showing on and you have eight different things all at once time and we're keeping our focus trying to pay attention to all of these various things but maybe you're not a sports person but over the last month you have turned on the news boo and you've turned on the news and you have pictures that are moving and you're seeing commercials take place and you're seeing weather on the left side of the panel and you're seeing stock market prices at the bottom and then you're seeing other events that are taking place in your city, in the nation and in the world. All of these moving parts which have made us become custom to multitasking, from having a dive vision, having attention over here, attention over there, attention right there. And what does it do? As believers, it challenges this spiritual discipline more than anything else. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about solitude. Again, put this in the comments. Solitude. When is the last time you heard a message or even had a conversation with another believer about solitude? We talk about prayer. We talk about praise and worship. We talk about prophecy. We talk about getting a vision. We talk about our goals. But what about solitude? See, some of the reasons that we didn't have a lot of people here, because solitude, and you could put this definition on the screen, solitude is the state of being alone with God. Again, solitude is the state of being alone with God, your Father, your Savior your redeemer, your provider. 
your, self, your, your shelter. Solitude. Come on, stay with me. Don't tune out. Let's talk about this today. Solitude. We struggle with solitude. Why? Because it is associated with being silent. Solitude is going beyond prayer. Solitude is going beyond meditation. Solitude is you enjoying God's presence. That's it. Solitude. Being with God. And most of all, God being with you. Solitude. Let's take it to the text. Go ahead and find Lamentations chapter 3. In verse 25 through 28, again, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 25 through 28. Don't miss this. We're still working through this on a definition of being alone with God. Let's look from the New Living Translation. Put this on the screen. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. Verse number 26, so it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. Verse number 27, it is good and it is good for people to submit at an early age to the yoke of his discipline. Let them sit alone in silence beneath the Lord's demand. So in my personal walk, I have struggled with solitude because we confuse solitude and isolation. Sounds close, definitions are similar, but it's different. Let's kind of break this down. Solitude, while both deals with distancing ourselves from distractions that are taking place in the world. Isolation is when we try to, when we get burnt out, when we try to run and hide and we want to cut off all sources. But solitude says, I will run, I will hide, I will get into a secret place to be filled up by the source. Big difference. Isolation looks at problems, looks at opportunities, and tries to find a way to move back. Versus solitude is able to look at the problem, be able to look at the opposition, and try to figure out, how can I move forward? Solitude leads to focus and concentration while isolation makes our vision blurry and it begins to dim and we can't see. Isolation conceals the matters of the heart. Solitude confesses the matters of the heart with expectation that God will speak to us and that God will give us Rest. Does that sound good to anybody? Come on. If you need rest 
If you need God to speak to you, put that in the comments right now. God, in the middle of solitude, in the middle of chaos, in the middle of a pandemic, or if things are going well and you are prospering, all of us in our relationship with God to exercise ourselves into godliness need to have a time of solitude. See, point number one, you can put this on the screen. Solitude is the freedom to be alone. Mm, Don't miss that. Solitude, it is the freedom to be alone. Solitude is not loneliness. It is the freedom to be alone. Let's go back to that Lamentations chapter, and and it's going to make it clear, but let's look at it from the Good News translation. Throw that on the screen. It says, the Lord is good to everyone who trusts in him. Verse number 26, I like how this goes. So it is best for us to wait in patience, to wait for him to save us. Yes, that's all circumstances. That's all situations. He can save us. Then verse number 27, it says, and it is best to learn this patience in your youth. And then verse number 28, when we suffer, we should sit alone in silent patience. God wants to give us an opportunity to have freedom to be with him. God wants to give us an opportunity to come to him and to be able to find rest. See, when we talk about workout, um, we love to hit our irons. We love to do our cardios. But one of the biggest things for growth and development is our recovery. And in our recovery is where we find rest. And so from a biblical context, that is just like us not exercising solitude is us not doing a cool down, us not being able to get rest, to replenish, to restore. You have torn down your muscles, but solitude is the reason you can build it back up stronger, better, and closer to him. But let's go here. I submit to you today, ladies and gentlemen, When it comes to solitude, you are being with Jesus and you are being with yourself. We're okay with being with Jesus, but if I had a few witnesses, we struggle with being with ourselves. See, when you're, when you're living in sin, if you're living with iniquity, when you're living trying to do things out of the will of God, you're okay with coming back to Jesus. But in solitude, God wants to talk to you about the stuff that ain't right, about the stuff that he needs to fix. And he begins to make impressions in solitude. And if you're still wanting to do your dirt, if you're still wanting to gossip and stay with pride and arrogance and all of these things that he is not happy with, we run from solitude. Not that we don't love Jesus, but we know we have issues within ourselves. 
starting with me as the first one. I love Jesus with all my heart. But to get alone with him, I understand he's going to challenge me. See, God is saying in 2021, will the real you please stand up? Will the real you rise to the occasion? We've advanced past being the prodigal son, but God is saying in solitude, he wants to deal with the older brother on the inside of you. Mm, mm, mm. See, there's a difference from being close to God versus being more like God. The older brother was closer to God, but he wasn't more like him. See, when we become more like God, he will say, this year, we need to deal with your jealousy. This year, you need to figure out that just because I'm blessing your neighbor doesn't mean you have to catch an attitude. This year, you have to learn how to celebrate others and understand what God has for you is for you. What God has for me is for me. Your success doesn't dictate my success. In solitude, God will check you and say, why are you upset? I know you may be a product of an illegitimate situation, but God said, I have ordained you. I've set you up for a time like this. Come and talk to me in this alone place, and I can work it out of you in solitude, in rest. And in 2021, he wants to make you whole. In solitude, being alone with you. God begins to talk to you. God begins to show you things that need to make an adjustment. Why are you mad? <laughs> Let me go ahead and put myself out. God had to check me when I was doing solitude this week because I got mad. Why are they open and we closed? God has said, hey, I got to deal with that. Why are they doing well and we're not? God said, I want to deal with that. To all my single people, you get mad and, you, and God is saying, I want to deal with that attitude. You're mad and you're upset because they got married before you. God said, I want to deal with that. Yes, you've been going to church. Yes, you're a triple threat member supporting with your time, your talent, and your tithing. And they've been living like a heathen. And God has given them the coat and wanted to do a party. And now you're mad. And God is saying, we need some time together to work through these things. And you can find redemption to be renewed, to be restored, to be refilled in the place of of silence. Silence. Are you okay with sitting with you? Are you okay with how you act, how you respond, and what you do independent of any activity? Not going on and cutting on the TV, looking at Netflix, doing this work, fulfilling this obligation. But are you okay with you of independent of doing 
anything. See, I, I kind of wrestled on this question, and I'll just kind of share with you how God had to deal with me. Do you believe that you add value by just being you? <clears throat> Not what you're doing, but in your being. Solitude. To truly understand to truly be saturated with scriptures like be still and know that I am God. That's not in your doing, but God says you see the manifestation of that in your being. When we wait in solitude, it is without fear. When we wait in solitude, it's us casting our cares to him. When we wait in solitude, we're not anxious, but we become relaxed. When we wait in solitude, we are in full cooperation with God. See, the Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing and reading the word. And faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. See, solitude requires for me. Solitude requires for you to listen. Yeah, that's point number two. Solitude requires you to listen. I didn't say here. Solitude requires you to listen. We know what to do, but are we doing it? See, faith comes by hearing, but we develop trust by listening. Again, don't miss that. You develop faith by hearing, but we get trust by listening. See, we're doing a series on spiritual discipline, not spiritual knowledge, because spiritual knowledge helps us to understand and to know better. But spiritual discipline means that we are doing better, that we are being better, that we are, thank you, we are becoming. When you hear, that is a function of the ears. And God is saying he wants you to listen to him in the season. Yes, you're ready to eat your food. Yes, you're ready to have your chicken tomorrow. Yes, you're ready to have your chocolate. And God is saying, don't forget about me. Don't forget about the progress that we have made together the last 20 days. He has finally got your attention. Solitude. You can't listen when you try to talk over the teacher. You can't listen when you have so many teachers. God has something to say to you, but he's not going to overtalk the voices in our lives. He will speak when we become quiet. Yes, it's a still, small voice. To hear is a function of our ears.
is based on our ability. But to listen, it is a skill. To listen, it is a muscle. It takes effort. It takes thoughtful intention. When I listen, I'm asking questions. When I listen, I have expectation. When I listen, I am curious. When I listen, I wait to speak. There's an old saying, and I think it's very important for today and this age and all of the things that are going on. There's an old saying that says, a lie will travel halfway around the world while truth is still putting on his shoes. Mm-mm. Come here. Did you hear that? A lie will travel halfway around the world while truth is still putting on his shoes. Ladies and gentlemen, we live in a world today where we are hearing the headlines, where we are hearing the trends. And nobody cares if it's a lie because it's more interesting, it's more captivating, and it is more entertaining. But I believe there's at least 10, 15, 20 people online that does not want to focus on the headlines, the trends, but they want to listen and hear the truth. What thus saith the Lord, how to proceed, how to go forward in this season. Amen. See, over the last 20 days, God is saying right now is the time of solitude. Solitude shifts you spiritually from hearing to listening. Solitude is going to build your confidence with God. Solitude is not arrogance. It creates confidence. Confidence is when I have the belief in what God can do through me. Versus arrogance is when I believe and what, I, and what I can do on my own, solitude begins to build this confidence. See, in 2021, you cannot miss your moments. In 2021, we have to be swift in obedience. Delayed obedience is still disobedience. I'm speaking to a few of you that you must decrease the margin between God's instruction and your obedience. And it is in solitude that builds up your confidence, that gives you clarity to move forward. Come on, Peter. Come on, Jonah. We don't have time for you to go to Joppa. You need to go to Nineveh now. Come on, Peter. I told you to move with me. Come on, Peter. I told you to follow me, not fight for me. Stop cussing folks out. Stop cutting people off. Stop reacting. I need you to listen. 
I'm trying to save marriages. If you could just take a moment of solitude before reacting, before responding, listen, take a moment, take a pause during this time. Stop getting on the road, creating road rage, getting upset, going off on the boss, posting things out of your feelings before you react. Give me some time to rest. Saul, one of the greatest evangelists in our history, forgot about the practice of solitude. And so after Jesus ascended, because of his hearing and knowing the scriptures, began to fight his teammates, began to fight other believers, began to fight his family until God had to interrupt him in the Acts chapter 9 moment when he was going to Damascus. And the Bible tells us that for three days and three nights that he was not able to see. He was not able to eat or drink. He began to engage in a forced prayer and fasting. But the key of what God was trying to do is to get him in silence. See, Paul lost his sight. But after solitude, he got vision. Paul lost his mind. But then he found the mind of Christ, my God. After he spent time with God, after God begins to slow him down, then we see a man that produced two-thirds of the New Testament. Then we see while he was in solitude in jail, that he begins to write the prison epistles, Philippians, Ephesians, Colossians, Philemon, the greatest evangelist to the Gentiles. And see, what the church has done is that we love to chase this miracle and that miracle and this blessing and that blessing. And God is saying, I can do all of that if you can give me a moment in solitude. And see, for us as believers, we cannot have the life of Jesus without the lifestyle of Jesus. Again, you cannot live the life of Jesus without practicing some of his lifestyles. So let's look at this next part. Can I keep teaching? Let me know in the comments. Say, teach Pastor James. Come on. Say, teach Pastor James, I want to go deeper. I want to make this practical. I want to make it plain. Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 6. And let's look at the new King James Version. Put this on the screen. But you, this is Jesus speaking. When you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. My God, that sounds good to me. Point number three, we have to practice solitude. See, there's a lot in that verse when it comes to us practicing solitude. 
The first thing we have to do when we practice solitude, the scripture tells us that we need a place. Come on, put place in the comments. Place. See, the place of solitude, it doesn't have to be pretty. I know some people that practice solitude because of everybody in the house. Their place of solitude is in the restroom. Before they take a bath, before they brush their teeth, they just get alone with God and just say, hey, I'm giving this next 10 minutes to you. The place, for some people, it is in your car when you used to commit to, when you used to drive and commute to work. For other people like me, it could be my basement. It could be your bedroom. And for others, you don't have to be sacrilegious. It may be one place this week. It may be this place the next day. And we have to be able to make an adjustment. The takeaway is regarding the place, if you name the place, if you honor the moment, God will meet you there. Closing the door in the place is for us to minimize the interruptions. See, what I've discovered about solitude is that it exposes my idols. Oh, idols. Let me tell you an idol that we all deal with, the idol of busyness. The things that when you get alone with God that you're itching and you get excited and you want to go run and get back to. The thing that holds you from getting to God, whether it's your phone, your boo thing, whoever, your job, your work, and your, your employer, the notification, the dopamine that comes because they liked your comment, they shared it, they gave you a comment. It is an idol of busyness that is trying to rob you of your moment with God. And then God is saying in this place, in this alone time with you, he will speak. He will reveal. He will examine what's going on in your heart. He will examine what kind of controls your life. He will show you if you're willing to slow down. See, when we look at the life of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, one of the things that always kind of caught me by surprise is that Jesus never rushed. That Jesus was never in a hurry. While Jesus had plans and sometimes there were interruptions and people yelling and say, hey, Jesus of Nazareth, have mercy on us, or the woman with the issue of blood and everybody's coming, Jesus never rushed. Jesus was able to adapt to be able to adjust and move within the distractions and the cares of this world. And it's a challenge for all of us because we want to be productive. We want to do great things. We want to acquire. We want to be an example for our kids, for our family. And we have to be worried and be conscious of how busy are we to the point that we don't have time to fit in God. See, if the devil can keep you busy in the flesh, he will keep you lazy in the spirit. Oh, you can tweet that. If the devil can keep you busy 
in the flesh. He will keep you lazy in the spirit. So how are you performing in the flesh vis-a-vis, more importantly, how are you performing spiritually? Have you been so busy that you're not exercising yourself into godliness? So the practice of solitude, first you have to have the place But then when you look at this scripture and read it from the message version, it really starts to pull out more principles. So go ahead and look at this on the screen real quick. It says, here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet and secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play mm, before God. Just be there simply and honestly as You manage. The focus will shift from you to God, and you will begin to sense his presence. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Again, do not miss that last part. Put the screen back on me. Just be there. Just be there. Just show up and be real and be honest and be transparent. God can handle it. And over time, as you practice this spiritual discipline, as you show up, it may not happen in 30 seconds. It may happen in a minute. It may happen in five minutes. You begin to shift from the world to God. And every time I exercise solitude, I begin to sense his presence, I begin to feel love and joy and hope and peace. See, the second part of practicing solitude is pace. See, we can't feel pressure. We just got to come before him open. Open. Just show up. Pace. First is the place. Second is the pace. God wants us in our pace and in our walk with him. It's to acknowledge where you are and go from there. You don't need to get on the bench trying to pump 255 if you haven't been to the gym of solitude. Start with the bar. Start with no bar. Matter of fact, let's just get your form tight. Let's just get in the rhythm and you begin to work yourself up. See, within the pace of solitude, God wants us to pause. Selah, to pause, to ponder, to reflect, to engage with him. So even as we move forward, this practice of solitude, it is critical. God is saying we got to pause. I can help you pause I can show you a way. 
pause. I can give you direction, but you got to slow down. Give me a moment. Give me an opportunity to show you. Because most of us have the faith to start, but I want to know in the comments who has the faith to stop. Pause. The practice of solitude. For some of the critics, you would say, so what are you saying? We should just not do anything and just pause? No. There is some unhealthy extremes when it comes to solitude. Solitude is not a place where we stay 24-7. I'm not asking you to be a hermit. I'm not asking you to be a monk from society. However, to fully enjoy, to fully maximize our relationship with him. There's going to be moments, there's going to be times where God will give you impressions on your heart and you're going to have to pause. And that is your time for solitude. See, what happens is we get these impulses, we get these impressions, and we think we need something to eat. We think we need to call somebody. We think we need to have some chocolate. We think we need to have some caffeine. And God is saying, bump all that. I need time to be with you. Pause. Luke chapter 5, when we look at the lifestyle of our Savior, what's thing, one of the things that we continuously see repeatedly is that Jesus would show up, he would do his thing, but he would also all the time as it was custom, go away and be alone to pray. Go away and be alone to pause. Go away and be alone to refuel. Go away and be alone to spend time with him. How do you live a life without sin? How do you live a life without falling into temptation? You can't do it off of just prayers. You can't do it off of just fasting. You can't do it off of just worship. But it's going to take for me, for you, for this year of 2021, similar to the first year of AD, to have moments similar to Jesus when we begin to pause. So let's, like, what, what is the practicality of that? Pastor James, how do you, throughout the day, have moments of solitude? So what I like to do, and I believe there's a few people I would challenge you, even during this week as we get back into some normalcy, to start having some five minutes of solitude throughout your day. See, in the morning, I have my time of instance of prayer and study and, and break things up based on as I'm doing sermon preparations. But I like to have a five-minute pause at the very least throughout the day, somewhere between 11.30 and 12.30. But it normally happens before lunch to give time back to God, to get refueled, to get rejuvenated and get back in alignment with him because I love his presence. I need his presence. I depend on him. He is my savior, my Lord, and my redeemer. 
So what do I do in those five minutes? I put away my phone. I put it on silent. I turn off the notifications. I grab a sticky note or a notepad with a pen or a pencil. Sometimes I have music. And if I do, it's only instrumental music with no words because I only need the music for support. And the words can be distractions because that song come on and you start singing, but I want to keep my time with him fresh. So in that five minutes, I was set on my alarm clock. Five minutes, for real. I hit the button. And for the first two to three minutes, I'm silent. I don't say anything. I collect my thoughts. I get quiet. I sit with him. I enjoy him. I appreciate him. Being loved by him my heart begins to fill with gratitude. And as he impressed things on my heart, my best notes and sermons and what to preach and things to do, I begin to jot it down. And sometimes it makes sense when I write it, and other times it don't. And sometimes I'll review it later down the road, and I get it. And so after those two or three minutes of being quiet, I begin to meditate on my notes or reflect on my devotion from earlier in the day. Or I'll read one scripture and begin to rehearse it in my mind. And then I do a quick prayer. That's it. Five minutes at the minimum, at least once a day. I know this sounds crazy. I know this sounds weird, but we're talking about growing spiritually. We're about talking about going to the next level. We're talking about being great. We're talking about doing great things for the Lord. And God is saying in midday, just like if you have a wife and you should call and check in and see what's going on, God wants us to check in with him. See, that is my planned solitude. And then sometimes about three o'clock, based on what's going on, whether it's current events, if it's I get this certain phone call or crazy things are happening, or I'm getting ready to prep to record this sermon, I take another pause to just rest, to reframe and to refocus. Listen, there are certain people, <laughs> when y'all call my phone, hallelujah, I'm not even going to pick up. I got to have a moment of solitude because I know it's about to go down. Just to make sure that I am responding appropriately just to make sure that I am being led by the Spirit because I know the things that I want to do will come out, will manifest. 
when you hit my button. But when I have these times of solitude, I can respond right. I can respond accordingly. I don't have to worry about the things that I said and having to apologize because I've been redirected to be guided before him. Solitude is needed in 2021. Solitude is required to show up before the Lord. Solitude. The practice of solitude. It is the place. It is the pace. And it is the power. The Bible tells us in Mark chapter 1 that early in the morning that Jesus would get up when it's dark. He would leave the house Sometimes he goes up into the mountain. Sometimes he would go into the temple, but he would find a a place that was quiet and begin to pray and to begin to sit before the Lord. Matter of fact, in Mark chapter 1, it describes, I think it's around verse number 36, where disciples are like, yo, where Jesus at? Hey, we've been looking for you. And Jesus is like, I know you need me to solve the problem, but before I can go to the next problem, I got to go get my power. I got to go to the source. I got to go to get my strength to be able to handle what's going on today. There are some people you are tired. You are running from this thing to that thing, being busy, trying to help everybody out. And God is saying, get your power before you solve the next problem. Get your power before you run into the situation. Get your power before you face the next opposition. Jesus needed solitude to handle life. Solitude. Scriptures tells us all through the Gospels that Jesus had to go to solitude to perform miracles. Jesus had to go back to solitude after miracles. Jesus practiced solitude during the time of grief. Jesus practiced solitude before he started ministry. Jesus practiced solitude to select his 12 disciples. Jesus practiced solitude to feed the multitudes. You will have to practice solitude until it becomes a habit. See, it's a lifestyle of solitude that gives you the ability to sleep in the storm. While others are panicking, while others are trembling, solitude will give you the ability to walk on water. Solitude will give you the ability to handle every situation that is faced in your life. Jesus had to practice solitude before he went to the cross to die for our sins. He practiced solitude in the Garden of Gethsemane to prepare him for the cross. So today, as we get ready to close, do not neglect solitude. 
your spirit is ready to connect with him. For you to step into your purpose, you're going to have to have moments of solitude. In solitude, there's rest. In solitude, there's hope. In solitude, there is answers. This week, I want to hear testimonies that you're taking moments, that you're taking the impressions as God lays them on your heart to practice solitude. You have a lot to say. I have a lot to say. We have a lot to do. But God is saying to get quiet. There's a freedom to be alone. There's a freedom to be with him. For where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. God is ready to move through solitude. David did solitude. Saul did solitude. Moses did solitude. Prophets did solitude. And you, to be all that God has called you to be, will require solitude. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 40, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is available for you today. This is available for you every day as we practice to make time for God solitude. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this wonderful day. Lord, I pray for your people today to step up in their personal relationship with you. For deep call of to deep and our soul and our spirit longs for you. Lord, I pray that we begin to engage, that we begin to embrace solitude. Solitude has been a game changer in my life. Without solitude, I would have quit my ministry. Without solitude, I would have quit and gave up being a father. Without solitude, I would have quit my job multiple times, but you have given me rest. You have been able to speak to me, and I believe that it is the missing ingredient, the missing component of your people to be all that you have called them to be. So, Lord, with hands open, Lord, I pray that we begin to embrace the silence in this noisy, in this crowded world. That we begin to embrace the silence with a midst of all of these competing priorities and these competing distractions that are causing us to have interruptions. But, Lord, I thank you that as we engage in solitude, that you will meet us there, that you will give us strength, that you will give us wisdom, that you will give us guidance, that you will give us direction for all of those that are willing to wait on you, for those that are willing to pause before you. So Lord, I pray for the people of Diverse City to lean into these moments and these moments 
will create messages. That these moments will create a better relationship. It is in solitude that builds us to a whole new realm and a whole new dimension and a whole new level. It is in our solitude that 2021 that we will be our best. It is in 2021 that we will walk in boldness, that we will walk in confidence because we were willing to become silent before you. I thank you in advance for clarity, for focus, for your people as we engage in spiritual discipline that we not take these 20 days of fasting and prayers for granted. That we have established new habits, new dreams, and new destinies for our people. I thank you for our progress and our progression for diversity, a perfect church for imperfect people of all nationalities, cultures and backgrounds willing to celebrate Jesus to worship him in our diversity and engage in our walk with you in Jesus mighty name we pray amen amen and amen make sure diversity you like and you share this broadcast we're coming to take our walk to the next level. Next week, we got something special planned for you. Please continue to pray for us. We are praying for you. Call me, call Pastor Aldean. Let's talk. Let's make sure our relationships remain strong and, and intact. And thank you to our board our leadership team that all have been working together to continue to come into your home and be on the lookout for some important announcements. I'll be honest right here. It's almost time to open up. Until then, the fast is over, but our relationship is going to a whole nother level. God bless you. Take care. We love you.